The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to listen to Jesus. But the Pharisees and scribes began to complain, saying, This man welcomes sinners and eats with them. So to them Jesus addressed a parable. A man had two sons, and the younger son said to his father, Father, give me the share of your estate that should come to me. So the father divided the property between them. After a few days, the younger son collected all his belongings and set off to a distant country where he squandered his inheritance on a life of dissipation. When he had freely spent everything, a severe famine struck that country, and he found himself in dire need. So he hired himself out to one of the local citizens, who sent him to his farm to tend the swine. And he longed to eat his fill of the pods on which the swine fed, but nobody gave him any. Coming to his senses, he thought, How many of my father's hired workers have more than enough food to eat? But here I am, dying from hunger. I shall get up and go to my father, and I shall say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I no longer deserve to be called your son. Treat me as you would treat one of your hired workers. So he got up and went back to his father. While he was still a long way off, his father caught sight of him and was filled with compassion. He ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I no longer deserve to be called your son. But his father ordered his servants, Quickly, bring the finest robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Take the fattened calf and slaughter it. Then let us celebrate with a feast, because this son of mine was dead and has come, and has come to life again. He was lost and has been found. Then the celebration began. Now the older son had been out in the field, and on his way back, as he neared the house, he heard the sound of music and dancing. He called one of the servants and asked what this might mean. The servant said to him, Your brother has returned, and your father has slaughtered the fattened calf, because he has him back safe and sound. He became angry, and when he refused to enter the house, his father came out and pleaded with him. He said to his father in reply, Look, all these years I served you, and not once did I disobey your orders. Yet you never gave me even a young goat to feast on with my friends. But when your son returns, who swallowed up your property with prostitutes, for him you slaughter the fattened calf. He said to him, My son, you are here with me always. Everything I have is yours. But now we must celebrate and rejoice, because your brother was dead and has come to life again. He was lost and has been found. The Gospel of the Lord. Well, the readings this morning center around the idea of coming back to God and what it means to experience God's mercy in one's life. Our first reading begins with our Lord saying to Joshua, Today I have removed the reproach 
of Egypt from you. I have removed the shame of having been oppressed and a slave in Egypt from you. When I was in high school, uh, I'm not quite sure what happened, but I have a a sister uh, about a year younger than me, and she went on a retreat somewhere and came back and was all excited about living her faith, and so she started having, like every day, kind of five or ten minutes of her own little prayer time and, you know, a little meditation time and reading the Bible, and so I used to, I used to joke with her, I used to make fun of her, and, you know, I would ask her, like, a bunch of questions, like, is this a sin, or is that a sin, is, you know, and I would make up all of these crazy hypothetical situations, and, uh, you know, is that a sin, you know, and she would always respond, uh, well, that's a sin for me. <laughs> and uh, now it's funny because now I'm the priest. <laughs> and, uh, and she owns, uh, she and her husband own a little uh, brewery and a bar. <laughs> and uh, so I, uh, sometimes I'll ask her, and she knows that I'm telling you all this story. <laughs> so uh, one time I asked her, I said, hey, uh, don't you think you're causing people to sin with that? You know? And uh, she says, well, it's not a sin for me. <laughs> And so sin, right, experiencing that, that sin and recognizing that we are sinful and coming back to God. And our first reading today is a joyful experience for the people of Israel because the reproach of Egypt, their identity as slaves and as being oppressed people is being removed. They have just crossed the Jordan River in this moment, and they are now living in the promised land. They have their first encampment in the promised land. So the whole time that they've been in Egypt, and then crossing the Red Sea, fleeing the Egyptians, and then wandering through the desert, and uh, if anybody has a chance, uh, some of those biblical maps, and uh, you can see the wanderings, the 40 years of wanderings that the, Egyptian, uh, sorry, that the uh, Israelites did throughout that, that, uh, that desert. I mean, they were just kind of went around in circles the whole time. And, and many times they were just within a few miles of the promised land and then, you know, then back out in, into the desert. And so it was just this continual wandering for 40 years. And, you know, and during that time that they were slaves in Egypt... And, and even during the wanderings in the desert, they forgot who they were. They, 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 they had identified with a lot of the practices of the Egyptians, and, and they forgot their identity as the chosen people of God. But yet, they had this promise that they were holding on to, that there was this land that they were headed to that was a land that was flowing with milk and honey. And so Moses has died. Joshua has become the leader of the Israelite people. And they crossed the Jordan River. And they have entered into the land. And so our reading today, it says that they celebrate the Passover. And for the first time, they're eating the produce of the land. So the grain and the fruits and, and, and everything that they have experienced in the promised land, this is what they're enjoying for the very first time. And our reading today says, no longer did they have to eat the manna. If you remember, every, every day, the Lord would, would make this manna fall from heaven. And that was their, their nourishment. And no longer did they have to eat that, because now they were in 
the promised land. And so they have remembered who they are. They have remembered their identity. That they are the people of God. How many of us wander through the desert? And maybe that wandering is in the form of, why do I keep falling into the same sin over and over and over again? I thought that God promises that if I follow him, then things will work out and that I will not have these continual sins in my life. How many of us continually wander through that desert? How am I going to overcome these sins? I take these sins over and over again to confession. How? And yet I still struggle with these things. You know, sin in our Catholic tradition means to miss the mark. Okay, I'm aiming for something, but I'm not quite hitting the target. I'm not quite, you know, the, the arrow is being shot, but it's, you know, missing the target by a little bit. And so there's something good, there's something that we desire, there's, there's, there's a goodness that God wants us to have in our life, but we're missing the mark. Right, many times, I think, at least this is how I do my own conscience exams, right? I, I compare what... God is asking me God's divine law. What God is asking me to do, right? So I know I've got the Ten Commandments and I've got, you know, and then, you know, little things that, you know, fall within those little Ten Commandments. And I've got that list of God's law. And I compare that with my actions. But I think, too, sometimes we also realize that there's just something in our life that continually nags at us. There's a certain sin that we have in our life that nags at us. Sometimes we think, uh, well, when all the kids are 18 and they've all moved out of the house, well, then that sin is going to (laughs) disappear. But, you know, as the saying goes, you know, wherever I go, wherever I am in my life, (laughs) there I am. And, you know, and we have this, this one thing that continually nags us. Obviously, you know, we have little sins that we commit here and there, just kind of circumstantial things. But why do I continually struggle with this one or two things over and over again in my life? And, you know, it's a good thing. Conch exam, you know, comparing God's law, it's a good thing. To my actions is a good thing. But also, too, maybe there's something deeper that we have to ask ourselves. What am I actually shooting at? What is that good thing in my life that I'm just not quite getting? That I'm not quite discovering what it is in my life. You know, just uh, common things that sometimes I hear in, in confession, right? Gossip. Right? Why do I continually gossip over and over again? Well, maybe there's something good that, that God wants me to have, but I'm just not quite getting it. Maybe, you know, I'm looking for a sense of security, personal security. Right? There's, there's an insecurity within me, and so I'm, I'm comparing myself with others. And God wants me to have this, this sense of security that I'm not just not quite getting. Or maybe you know, that continual sin of impurity that I'm falling into. What am I missing in my life? 
Right? Maybe our Lord wants, you know, maybe what I'm aiming for is, is intimacy, right? Two intimacy. Somebody that I can that I can talk to about, you know, the the, the fears and the and the anger and you know the sad even the joys that I experience in my life. Just somebody that I can share my life with. Right? That deep sense of intimacy, which is a good thing. I'm not just talking about physical intimacy, but I'm talking about that spiritual and emotional intimacy that I'm just not quite getting. Or maybe anger. You know, I continually fall into anger, and then I get angry that I get angry. <laughs> right? Well, maybe, I don't know, you know, I'm just, you know, I'm just throwing things out there, but, you know, maybe there's a sense of self-worth that I need to discover. That personal self-esteem. You know, whatever it might be. What is that good thing that I'm not quite getting? Where, where, what, what am I actually aiming at that I'm not quite hitting the target? And then I fall into these sins. What am I shooting for? And so when we do our conscious exams, you know, I think that's a, it's, it's a question that we have to ask ourselves. What am I shooting for? What's that good thing that God wants me to have? What's that promised land that I'm supposed to have that I'm just not quite getting? Right? And that's the question that, that we all have to ask ourselves. It's, it's a very personal question that we all have to ask ourselves. Why and where and what is that, that target that I'm not quite hitting? And when I discover what it is that I'm not quite getting... That's, that's that beautiful moment where I can put healthy means, healthy ways for me to attain that goal. To, to attain what I am actually aiming for. Right? Sin is obviously a, a deep reality in our life. But sin also reveals to us many things about ourselves. And when we dig deep... It actually reveals to us God's goodness and God's mercy. You know, just like our, our prodigal son. Right? There was something that he wanted. Not to, I'm not saying that the father was not a, a good loving father. But there was something that he wanted, that he desired, something good that he desired that he wasn't quite getting. And he thought that he would get it by... By, it, by getting his part of the inheritance and running off and creating his own reality. But the gospel says he came to his senses. He came to his senses and he realized that the father had everything for him. And so he ran back to the father and the father received him with, with open arms. And the father gave him the sonship. New clothes, new robe, a ring on his finger, sandals on his feet to show him that he's not a servant, he's not a hired worker, but that he is a son. And I just uh, maybe want to conclude with um, just a few words on scrupulosity. Um, You know, scrupulosity, a very difficult thing for a soul to, to, to go through. And, you know, to, to sometimes see sin where it's not or to think that, you know, everything is a mortal sin or many things are, are mortal sins in our life. And ultimately, scrupulosity 
requires a greater trust in God. Okay? There's not going to be some black and white answer. If I do this, then I won't experience scrupulosity in my life. If I do this or I do that, well, then I'll stop experiencing scrupulosity. No, it is, it is an experience of God's love in your life. That God himself is not you know, there counting. Think of, think of the prodigal son when he, when he returned to his father. You know, he was about to, to list off all the things that he had done wrong, how he had spent the money. And the father was like, hey, I don't, I, don't, I don't need to hear all that. I am happy to have you back. And so it requires a great trust, a great trust in the Eucharist. Like even just receiving communion, if we don't have any mortal sins, because confession itself is specifically for our mortal sins, but every time we receive communion, all of our sins are wiped away. All of our venial sins are wiped away. So we walk out of Mass with a clean slate. We walk out of Mass perfectly clean. It's trusting in God's mercy that He offers us each and every time we receive the Eucharist. You know, we can never disappoint God. Um, you know, when I was uh, working down there at NC State, some of the students, uh, one time they asked me, um, I can't quite remember how the question went, but it was something about, um, does, God, does God love Mother Teresa more than Hitler, or some, something along those lines, you know, and, uh, um, or does God love Hitler, you know, but anyway, the point is, <laughs> God, Hitler did his things, but God never stopped loving Hitler. Unconditionally, God's love for Hitler never changed. And God's love for Mother Teresa never changed from the moment she was born to the moment that she became a saint. God's love for Hitler never changed from the moment that he was born to the moment that he died. It never changed. We, ne- we don't have to do things to earn God's love. Okay, God's love... It doesn't go up or down, okay? There's no bull markets and bear markets in God's love for us, okay? It never changes. God's love for us is constant. It never changes. It's kind of funny during, um, during Lent especially, um, and you know, we have Lenten service all over the, the diocese here, so priests were running all over the place during, during Lent. Something very common that I hear is, uh, Father, I, I ate meat on Friday, <laughs> but then something else that's very common that I hear is, okay, I ate meat on Friday, so I'm not going to eat meat on Saturday <laughs> to make up for it. And it's like, okay, great. You acknowledge that you didn't eat meat on Friday. And, and out of love, if you don't want to eat meat on Saturday, great. But you know what? You don't have to do that. <laughs> okay, you ate meat on Friday. Okay, acknowledge it and move on. Because God isn't there, like, trying to count the... okay. Uh, they did eat meat on Friday, but it's okay because they didn't eat meat on Saturday, right? Sometimes we think that we have to make up for those things. But that's, that's the beautiful thing of God's mercy. I mean, the father, when he saw his son, he ran, embraced him, and said, You're my son. Welcome back. Come on back into the family. The, the father wasn't like, okay, you just spent half my money. Where's the hat? Where's the, I, I want that back. You know, you're going to be working for that, and then you can become my son. 
No, okay, great. You, you acknowledged that you ran away. I love you. You're, you're my son. I don't care where my money is. I don't care what you've been doing. You're my son. Big hug, big kiss. And, and let's move on with life. Let's have a party. And let's move on with life. God loves us. Taste and see the goodness of the Lord. We can never, ever disappoint our Lord. Our love for Him, sorry, His love, His love for us never changes. It is unconditional. And, you know, I think during this Lenten season, you know, the the crucifix is, is very prominent in our prayer and in our meditation. And, you know, this is, this is what we need to look at. Jesus has done everything for us. All we have to do is come back to the Father, acknowledge that He is our Father, and let's move on with life. God so loved the world that He gave us His only Son so that we might have eternal life. Trusting in the infinite love of the Father, we now pray that those who hold public office will imitate the goodness of God who secures justice and lifts up the oppressed. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For an increase in vocations to the priesthood and to consecrated life, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer that our parish community will be zealous in carrying out good works which draw many into the light of the Lord. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For an end to the war in Ukraine, that the people will be sustained by their faith in God. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For the grace this week to return to the Father in true contrition and through the confession of our sins, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. Today's Mass is being offered for the people of the parish. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For those who are sick or infirm, and for their caregivers, that God in his mercy will draw close to them and raise them up. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For the repose of the souls of all the faithful departed, that through our prayers and those of the Blessed Mother, they may join the saints in heaven. Eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord. May their souls and the souls of all the faithful departed through the mercy of God. Loving Father, you who are rich in mercy because of your great love for us, brought us to life with Christ even when we were dead in our transgressions. Let us always live by that life through Christ our Lord. Amen.